Christian Center Sunday morning broadcast. My name is Pastor Thomas Rich. Right here with me is my beautiful wife, Co-Pastor Joanne, who is waving hello to each of you this morning. On behalf of the entire River of Life family, we greet you. We're delighted that you've chosen to be with us this Sunday morning. And this morning represents the first Sunday of what we call Advent. And so the, today, our goal is to introduce to some, to reacquaint others, but to give us a, a focus today on the Advent season. Now, River of Life is a, a non-denominational church. Many of the denominational churches, uh, and uh, particularly the liturgical churches, celebrate Advent. But I believe that Advent is very, very important. And so today we're going to give some attention to Advent. It's about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you would, bow your heads with me as we pray. Then I'm going to read several verses of scripture, and we're going to talk about the first Sunday of Advent. Amen. Amen. Won't you bow your heads with me? Dear God, we give you glory, honor, and praise for this incredible season that we are embarking upon beginning today. This season that is known to many in the Christian community as the Advent season. God, it is my prayer and I ask your help that as we go through this teaching today, that when we are done, that all will clearly understand both Advent, but most of all, that the depth of your love and the purpose of your sending your son. God, I yield and ask you to take complete charge over everything that I do, everything that I say, that your word would accomplish its purpose and not return unto you void as you promised. God, I thank you, bless you, give you all glory and all honor in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, family, this morning, we're going to be sharing with you from the book of Galatians, New Testament book, uh, chapter 4, uh, verses 4 through 8. Now, in reality, I, I may only be able to really focus on verses 4, 5, and possibly 6, but I want you to make a note of verses 4 through 8. Write them down because even if we don't cover them all today, you want to go back and read them and be acquainted with them for yourself. So we're going to be reading Galatians 4, verses 4 through 8. And it reads as follows. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Verse 6, And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. 
Verse 7, Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. Somebody ought to say, Thank God. Hallelujah. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Verse 8, Howbeit then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. Lord, I, I hope I can get to that, but, but this is an important message because, again, it is the start of the Advent season. Advent represents that four-week period uh, uh, from the first Sunday after Thanksgiving through the last Sunday before Christmas. And the Latin word Advent is taken from the word Adventus, which means to come to. It also means the arrival of a notable or distinguished person. Listen, Jesus is coming, y'all, and he's coming to you, and he's coming to me. I don't know if y'all are hearing me, but if you're hearing me, you ought to be shouting right now, Hallelujah, Lord, I thank you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus is coming, y'all. And that's what the Advent is all about. The entire idea of Advent is to help all of us to recognize the spiritual significance of what we call Christmas and to help us to not prepare for Christmas as, as, as if the real purpose of Christmas is about toys, gifts, drinking, partying, eating, shopping, uh, and, and going into financial debt and even spiritual debt. What do you mean by that, preacher? I mean, spiritual debt, there are all kinds of uh, ideas that are being presented and, and they're all made to appear to be connected to Christmas, but without Jesus. And if it is without Jesus, we may spend our bucks, end up in debt, and our attitude about a Christmas without Jesus is also a form of spiritual debt. And so I'm saying to you that Christmas is not about any of that. As a matter of fact, that stuff is actually the enemy of God's plan because we give it a lot of attention. We give it a lot of focus. We put a lot of effort in it, a lot of energy into it. But what have we been doing about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you are hearing me this morning. In other words, y'all, Advent should help us to prepare our hearts and our minds to focus upon and prepare for the anniversary of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And listen, if we're focused upon that, then we recognize that we need to prepare for him more than we need to prepare for that commercial Christmas. One more thing. Uh, I can't teach this today, but it is also preparation for the second coming of Christ and the end times. That's a teaching for down the road, but it's all about preparing for the coming of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Now, 
Most Christians who take time to recognize what we call the Advent also know that the Advent represents a period of devout and expectant delight. Yeah, I, I know when you were children, when I was a child, most of our children, they get exceptionally delighted thinking about the gifts and the toys. Man, I know plenty of adults who are disappointed, heartbroken, messed up in the mind, messed up in their relationships if they don't get the gifts that they want because their focus is about the commercialism of Christmas and not about the coming of Jesus Christ. But I am suggesting to you this morning that Advent represents a period of devout and expectant delight, not about that stuff, but about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many folk are feeling me this morning? You can raise your hand if you're feeling me. You can shout amen if you're feeling me this morning. Amen, amen. Listen, uh, it's, it's, it, since October, I've actually been hearing Christmas songs. And uh, when I go out, I see Christmas displays before Thanksgiving. When I was younger, it was Thanksgiving was the beginning of the commercial Christmas season. But it's already been around for weeks or, uh, at a time already this year. And uh, in just a few days, and I want you to hear me because I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with celebrating Christmas, but I am suggesting that in all of our preparation and in all of our celebration, prepare for the coming of Christ and celebrate that incredible birth. That's what I'm telling you to do for Christmas. And as I mentioned that to you, in a few days, Pastor Joy and I will be putting up our tree. We'll be putting up our lights outdoors and, and we'll look like we're celebrating Christmas. But everything that we do is aimed at, pointing at, letting folk see the Lamb of God, whose name is Jesus, who came to take away the sin of the world. I, listen, there was a time I didn't care much about that. Uh, my wife would say, let's do it. And I would say, okay. But I really wasn't excited about it. But as I think about being able to demonstrate that Jesus came and we want, he is the light of the world. I want to light up everything that I can to point to the Lamb of God. I hope you're feeling me this morning. Uh, our focus and attention is to try to announce and celebrate the coming of the Savior of the world, and particularly the fact that he is uh, the salvation of humankind. That means man, woman, boy, and girl. He is our salvation. Uh, look, we're going to have a family gathering. We're going to dine. We're going to fellowship. We buy gifts for our grands. And, um, but I want you to know, we don't go into debt. It's not about how much money we did not spend. I, I'm sorry, we did spend. But more about 
uh, the idea of, of sharing gifts, giving something that is of value, something that is uh, that makes a difference to them. But if you got to go into debt to do it, you have missed the purpose of Christ because Christ said that he came to set the captive free. So I got no business going into debt in my bank account, my wallet, my money, and can't pay my mortgage, my utility bill, can't pay my car note, my insurance, can't send my children to school, can't put food on the table. I'm in debt, but they got all of these nice gifts. And the real gift, the best gift, the nicest gift, the most incredible gift is the reason for the advent, which is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the emphasis that we have will be on the one who was born to save us from our sin. What's his name? His name is Jesus Christ. Listen, this morning I'm going to be focusing primarily on two questions. I'm not calling them points per se. I'm calling them questions because we're going to attempt to answer two questions today as we are introducing and, and getting started in the Advent season. And so the first question is simply, what was God's purpose in sending forth his son? What was God's purpose in sending forth his son? Question number two, what was accomplished through God as he sent his son into the world? What, what was accomplished through God sending his son into the world? Well, the answer to the first question is found in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. Listen to this. It says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Listen. At the time God determined. Did you hear me? When the fullness of time, that is, at the time determined by God, God the Father, sent forth his son, born of a woman, both under the law. Now, I need to give a teaching point there because when it says born under the law, what it means is it's an indication that Mary was a Jewish woman and Jesus, according to the flesh, was also a Jew. So when it says under the law, we're talking about Mary being a Jewish woman, Jesus, her son, also being a Jew. Uh, listen, Jesus had a perfect humanity. Even though he was born through a woman, he had a perfect humanity. He also was God manifest in the flesh. In fact, the only historical Jesus that we have creeds of in the church, and, and, and that is specific teaching about his humanity, teaches us that Jesus is very man of very man, but also very God of 
very God. So we consider, as we consider the advent, the question that we need to answer is, what was God's purpose in sending forth his son? Verse 5 helps us to see that. Verse 5 of Galatians 4 says, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. That's Galatians 4 and 5. That's answering the question, what was the purpose of God sending his son? To redeem. Listen, to redeem means to, to, to take back, to buy back, to regain, to recover that was lost. And, and uh, I remember as a child growing up, there used to be something called uh, top value stamps in the D.C. area and S&H green stamps all around the nation. They really had no value. It was just a little stamp that you would lick, paste, paste in a book. And then you could take that book to what was called a redemption center. And because somebody had said that a certain number of stamps had a certain value, you could take that redemption stamp book to a redemption center and purchase with stamps, y'all, not money, but stamps, something that was of value and meaning to you. Well, listen, God considered you and me to be so important that when he looked down from heaven and saw that we were like David, born in sin, and shapened in iniquity. And he recognized that when he sent us into the world, that he sent us with a divine calling and a divine purpose. But because of sin, we were being pulled away uh, from the direction, from the, the call, from the purpose and the design that God had for our life. And he said, look, if I don't take an action, they not only will be pulled away, but they will be lost forever. And God made and designed a plan. He said, I'm sending my son into the world to, to, to redeem them that are lost with his very own blood. So even though we're talking about the birth of Christ in the Christmas season, even in his birth, the redemption plan was stamped right upon it and we knew that down the road there was going to come a day when he had to stretch out, shed his blood, so that we would be redeemed and brought back into the family of God. Somebody ought to say, God, I thank you. I hope you're hearing me this morning. To redeem them that were under the law. Listen, it's hard living under the law, but by grace, I don't know if you're hearing me, God loved us so much that he did not cause bring upon us the justice that we would do, but he sent grace through his son, Jesus Christ. And by grace, instead of giving us justice where we would be lost for eternity, by grace, we are brought back into the family of God. Somebody ought to say glory to his name this morning, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Listen, I'm going to deal with adoption in a second, but I got to 
break this down just a little bit further first. God had a twofold purpose as he was describing this in verse five. Number one, to redeem those under the law. And the Jews were children under the law. But it is important to remember that the law never made anyone a son of God. That's the first thing I want you to remember in the twofold purpose. The second thing, that they might receive the adoption of sons. So let's talk about adoption for just a moment. Uh, most of us are familiar with adoption in our Western culture. You understand that a family might be without child and want to adopt, to adopt a child to become a part of their family. Or they may just have no child that does not have a family. They love that child and they want to bring him or her in and, and make them a part of their family. And when they bring them in, when you're adopted legally, you take on the family name. You get the rights and privileges that go with that family name, the property, the other rights and other privileges that go with that name. The once you are adopted, you are not considered to, to be an outsider, but you are a part of the family. I hope you're hearing me this morning. And, and when uh, Jesus was sent to adopt us in, I, I hope you're feeling this. It, it's, it's, it's different from this legal adoption in the Western culture because through the Lord Jesus Christ, we are engrafted into the family of God. That means that we, we have the heart, the mind, the spirit of God through his son, Jesus Christ, and we get to become a part of the family, not because of who we were before he came, but because of who God always planned us to be and sent his son to snatch us from the jaws of the enemy and bring us back. All we got to do is say, Lord, I ask your forgiveness. I ask you to come into my heart. I give myself to you because I want to be a part of your family. And by grace, y'all, by, by, by grace and mercy, he receives us back in the family. Justice goes out the window. Grace brings us in the house. I hope you're catching what I'm saying. Now, I told you I needed to give a few more moments to adoption. In this text, because it is a Roman background that we're talking about, the Roman custom in Paul's day was to adopt one's own son. Now, it was similar to what the Jews did when their children would get in the age around 12 or 13, they would give them a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah. Bar mitzvah for the boys, bat mitzvah for the girls. It meant that uh, the one they were required to learn the law, be able to recite the law, and then they were welcomed into adulthood. Well, in the Roman culture, they had something called the toga viralis, viralis and, and they had a ceremony. And their boys went through that ceremony at age 14. They were given this special white toga, a white jacket or coat, if you will. And it meant that they had uh, accomplished their uh, toga viralis. And now they were accepted in the community as men and adopted 
into their very own family as sons. I know that sounds strange and foreign to us in this culture, but that was part of the Roman culture. Adoption, uh, the Greek word for that was huothesis. Uh, that's hard to say, y'all. Huothesis. And, and, and what that means is to place as a son. I hope you're catching that. They were placed in the family as a son. Now, why am I going through all of that? I'm going through that because I love the image that's connected to it, because it actually is a representation of how you and I become members of God's family. A believer is placed in the family of God as a full-grown son, capable of understanding divine truth. And, and that's what the Romans meant. That's what the Bar Mitzvah meant. And, and that's what was being presented uh, when the Lord adopts us as his younger brothers and sisters into the family, that, that we are capable of understanding the divine truth about who God is, who his son is, and who we are to God through his son, Jesus Christ. I hope you're picking me up. The Lord Jesus, the one whom this Advent season is all about because it helps us to prepare for his coming. So why do we have Advent? Advent is not about gifts, y'all. It's about the gift. What was the gift? His name was Jesus Christ. I like to talk, call him by uh, a cantata that we used to sing back uh, over 20-some years ago called God's love gift. He is the love gift from God that it gives us access to the family the once we receive him as Savior. So that's question number one. Question number two, what was accomplished through God sending his son? Well, his son, Jesus Christ, came to deliver us. Now listen to this list because it's really important. And I know for a fact that it represents all of us in one way or another, at one time or another, even right now. His son, Jesus Christ, came to deliver us from a frustrated existence. Listen, the Advent strengthens our faith. That faith simply means to take God at his word as revealed in his holy word, the Bible. It means placing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to redeem, and I've already told you what redeem meant, to save. That save, what, what do you mean by save? What does salvation mean? It means that we all are sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And sin deserves justice. And justice would be condemnation that we would never be able to be back with God but to hell. But we are saved from hell by the blood of the Lamb whose name is Jesus Christ. So that is our salvific call. That's our salvation. But we are placed by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and we are redeemed, we are saved, we are justified. What do you mean justified? We didn't get the justice we deserved, y'all. 
We got the justice that God prepared for us by the blood of the Lamb, whose name is Jesus Christ. And, and, and the last part, so that I don't spend the rest of the day and next week on this, is he came to forgive us. Actually, that wraps up everything that I just said, to forgive us. Listen, we live in a world right now, you make me a little bit angry, I may never forgive you. I might be holding grudges against you until the day I die. The problem is, it'll make my heart hard. The problem is, it'll mess up my mind. The problem is, it'll spill over, not just on me, but to everybody around me. My children will pick up that unforgiving spirit. My grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and on down through the generations, and not just mine, but yours as well. And because Jesus has forgiven us, that the call of God through his son, Jesus Christ, is that the spirit of forgiveness is to be activated in you and me as well. This is what the first week of the Advent is all about, y'all. In other words, get ready because Jesus is coming. Get ready because the love of God that passes all understanding is being presented and made available to us through his son, Jesus Christ. Listen, in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 20, in the King James, Jesus says this. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. That sup is related to fellowship. It's related to, to coming together. I, I said earlier that at Thanksgiving and Christmas, we, we have fellowship around the Thanksgiving and the Christmas table. As we eat, we fellowship. We, 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 we talk. We engage. We, we love one another. In the Living Bible, Revelation 3.20 uses that word. It says, look, I've been standing at the door and I am constantly knocking. I hope you hear that. He is always knocking. Jesus never gives up on you. You might turn and run, but he is still knocking, trying to make sure that hell is not your eternal home, but heaven, because you respond to the door. He says, if anyone hears me calling him and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. Jesus is coming, y'all. I hope you're hearing me. That's what Advent is all about. Get ready. This is the Christmas season now, but it really is about Advent. It really is about Jesus, and, and he brings with him an amazing plan of redemption. He wants to take us back. He's willing to pay the price for your life so that you don't end up in hell. This is the Advent season. Jesus is coming. I hope you're hearing me. And I suggest on this first Sunday of Advent that instead of getting caught up in the commercialism of, the, of Christmas that the world wants to sell you and me, let us, beginning right now, start giving serious and consideration and contemplation for the purpose that God sent his son into the world. For he sent him after you, y'all. He sent him to come and grab you before you get lost. He sent him to come and grab me 
before I get lost. Oh, I got a history. But the Lord reached down and snatched me, told me how much he loved me, and lifted me up, looked me in the eye, and declared to me that I, I, I did not have a plan for you to be lost in that stuff. My plan was for you to share the word and, and, and lead others to the throne room to be with God. And so we're looking to execute that plan. And God has a plan for you. You, you, you respond when he says, come, come, open the doors to your heart. Let him have you because Christmas is not about gifts. It's not about toys. It's about the love gift of God, whose name is the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we get ready to close on this first Sunday of Advent, let us remember that we are making ready for Jesus. It's not about all that other stuff. We're making ready for Jesus because he came to deliver us from a frustrated existence. He came to redeem us. He came to save us. He came to justify us. He came to forgive us. So as Bishop Jakes likes to say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Jesus is coming. And that's the whole purpose of this Advent season. Get ready, y'all. Jesus is on the way. I'm going to close right there. May God bless you and heaven smile upon you. I pray that as we are entering this Advent season, that your focus is on Jesus more than on anything the commercial world try, or the political world tries to offer you. And I pray that for you in Jesus' name. Amen.